presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 218, AirVenture Oshkosh 2019, coming up next in this episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Now here are your co-hosts, Victoria Newville, Eric Crump, Larry Overstreet, Russ Rosleski, Tom Frick, Rick Felton, and Carl Valeri. Hey everyone, welcome to the Stuck Mike Avcast, a special edition, uh, Air Venture edition, and uh, from afar, and also folks that were actually on site there at Air Venture. As you know, we all try to get out there to Air Venture at Oshkosh in Wisconsin. What a neat event that is every year. Big shout out to the folks that put that on at EAA. It's been uh, one of those events that I have never been able to get to yet, but you know what? I'm learning how I can enjoy it from afar. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in this episode. But first, before we start, let's uh, welcome the co-host here. We have uh, quite a few this evening. Uh, first, uh, one of the people that was on the deck there was uh, Larry Overstreet. Larry, hey, you know, welcome to the podcast, man. Hey, Carl. Hey, everybody. Hey, and uh, also uh, someone else, uh, Bill English, who is uh, another person that was on the grounds at Air Adventure. Hey, Bill, it's been a while. Welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, thanks. Great to be here. You've been a, quite a busy person uh, with drones, etc. We'll talk a little bit about that later. And uh, the rest of us, myself, and also uh, two other people that weren't on on the grounds but were watching it from afar, uh, Russ Rosleski. Hey, Russ, uh, good to hear from you again. Hey, Carl, thank you very much. And uh, also Rick Felty. Rick, hey, man, welcome back again. Hey, thanks. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about this evening to talk a little bit about Air Venture and the event that I never can get to, it seems. I've flown over it a few times. Been at, I, I've virtually been there. I've flown over it while the event was going on, but, uh, but it was really exciting to see everybody and see everybody on the grounds just uh, having such a, a good time. But the way I saw it was online, Facebook, that type of thing. So we're going to talk a little bit about, about that whole portion of watching air shows these days and how things have changed a little bit. Uh, but before we get started, a quick uh, word from our sponsor. Do you want to pursue a career in aviation as a pilot, air traffic controller, mechanic, or dispatcher? Or do you just want to earn that commercial or instrument rating, but you need help paying for it? The Aerospace Scholarships Guide at AviationCareersPodcast.com has over $50 million in available scholarships. Many of these go unused because people don't apply for them. For just $10, you'll receive a full-year subscription to the guide, which is updated monthly. Every scholarship is personally verified to make sure it's accurate and still available. More information is at AviationCareersPodcast.com. And, of course, at AviationCareersPodcast.com, the scholarships, career coaching, and interview prep, you can uh, also do something else and pay it forward. We'll talk a little bit about that towards the end of the show. But uh, if you're looking at the show notes now, click on AviationCareersPodcast.com, click on Pay It Forward. Let's do the pre-flight. A couple of news and announcements. Uh, I want to say a quick shout out to somebody who has been doing a lot of work behind the scenes for, gosh, I can't remember how many years. And uh, and I mention him sometimes on the show. And there's so many people that do things behind the scenes at any podcast, no matter uh, what it is you're producing. Somebody is creating. Somebody is actually researching. And that's uh, Russ Bonchu. Russ has actually uh, moved on uh, to another career. Part of his career is in, in computers. And that's what he's uh, decided to move on to. So, Russ Bonchu, thanks so much for all that you've done in all the editing, the newsletters, and uh and also making sure all the podcasts get out on time, et cetera, planning, planning interviews. And without uh, Russ, I wouldn't have been able to uh, actually move forward in a lot of the things I've done, especially with this show and everything else that we've done with the podcast and some of the videos that we do, especially on the other show, the Aviation Curves podcast. So again, Russ, thanks so much for, for everything you've done in the past. Um, anyway, other news and announcements. We have... Uh, Oh, the other, the one thing that I think I saw it mentioned at uh, Oshkosh at AirVenture, but it's this um, the the mobile app has been 
out there, but it's actually been updated. It's called Before You Fly, and it's uh, a mobile app basically for all those drone pilots out there. And it's been updated, and it's been updated with a new partner. I think it's called Kitty Hawk, and the company has actually done a great job in making this a little bit better looking, I think, uh, as far as the mobile app's concerned. And what that does for you is it, it allows you to see if you are actually able to fly, basically, in that area with, without any encumbrances. That's the way I like to say it. Uh, but are you in certain airspace? Are you looking at maybe being a military training route, et cetera? Also, it enables you to get uh, a low-altitude authorization. Uh, it also has like the, the ability to notify. So let's talk a little bit about that. I know uh, Bill English has, uh, has a little bit of knowledge more, though, than most on the drone flying. But, Bill, have you actually used this in the past, and have you seen the new one? So, yeah, Carl, I have. Um, Before You Fly was put out by the FAA. Wow, probably almost two years ago now. And it's primarily intended for the hobbyist and recreational flyer. And a lot of new things have happened for the, the hobbyist and recreational flyer. As you said, the, the new version of the app has come out powered by Kitty Hawk, which is a company that's been around for a while as a fleet management provider and various other services for uh, commercial and professional drone pilots. And they've picked up this new contract to run the Before You Fly app aimed at the hobbyist flyers. With new regulations that came in with the new FAA uh, Reauthorization Act back in October, um, hobbyist flyers now need to get certain approvals to fly in controlled airspace just the way the uh, commercial, the certified, uh, the Part 107 regulation uh, drone pilots uh, have been. And as of, let's see, what's today, as we're recording this, it's the 31st. So just about a week ago, the FAA had enabled the LANCE system, that's that's an acronym, L-A-A-N-C, Low Altitude Alerting and Notification, or Authorization and Notification something. Capability. Capability. <laughs> acronyms, right? Uh, but uh, at any rate, that has now been enabled for the hobbyist flyer as well so that they can get into that system and get the automatic um, uh, authorization or communication with ATC. Um, our, you know, our regular manned pilots are familiar with that, right? You have to talk to the tower before you can enter Class D. Well, the Lance system is how a drone pilot talks to the tower to enter Class D airspace. And now that's available for the hobbyist pilots as well. There's lots of apps like that out there that are more specialized for the the, uh, the commercial operators and whatnot, which is generally what I use in our flying. But for the uh, the recreational pilot, this is uh, this is something brand new and hopefully will help people who are uh, less familiar with airspace and reading sectionals and that than than your you know your normal um, manned pilots you know people coming into the drone world that don't have that background this should help them out quite a bit. So Bill, it, it seems like we're kind of I shouldn't say blurring the line between the the hobbyists and the 107 uh, the commercial operators etc. But it seems like these apps are starting to cross pollinate. In other words, this before you fly, would this be something that possibly somebody a commercial operator may use? Is it that nicer? Is there better apps out there for that? Well, a Certainly a Part 107 operator could use it, but there are some things that you don't really need to worry about once you have the Part 107 certificate um, that uh, that's probably just extra s- stuff that you don't need to look at that's on before you fly. There's certainly nothing wrong with it, but uh, you just have to know know what you know. Uh, you know, for example, myself, I don't really need a whole lot of little colorful circles on the map because as a regular pilot and flight instructor, I know perfectly well what the airspace looks like around me, so I'm not too worried about that. But someone who might not have um, aviation experience may opt for a different provider that has more of that help all packaged into one app. It's kind of up to you. There's lots of them out there, lots of choices. But you are right. The uh, the lines between the hobbyist and the uh, the Part 107 are a little bit more uh, coming closer together now because of the way the airspace is going to work, which really, if you think about it, is the same way it is for airplanes and helicopters. Right? The Class D, Class B, Class C airspace don't really care whether you're flying Part 91 for your own enjoyment or Part 135 for hire. It's still the same airspace, right? Right, sure, and that makes sense. This app, though, it was kind of funny because I was trying to sit there thinking, you know, is there some way I could kind of, you know, make other folks go out there and take a look at this because I thought it was kind of cool. So I decided to go ahead and click on it and find out where I am right now. I'm actually in class uh, Delta airspace right now. 
And uh, what's really cool is I'm looking at this, and I know you can't see it because you're, it's, you know, it's a podcast. But uh, within I'm within uh, Lakeland class Delta right now, and it talks about the different airports and and airspace around, which is it's kind of fun because I can actually see like Lakeland Regional Medical Center and the military training routes that are around, obviously Lakeland Class D airspace, and I can go from there. And also I can get the the Lance. I can actually click on that and go to another app where I can actually get that low altitude authorization and notification capability on another separate app. And uh, it, and but I have to sign up for that. That's a totally separate, uh, okay. you know, thing that you have to go out there and do. Uh, so you, it, maybe it's too clunky. Maybe I'm trying to make a, a solution where there's no problem. But uh, I just well, we got to get you out looking. there flying. We got to get you out there flying drones again. Yeah, actually, I did my first lesson with you. That's right. Uh, and there was almost a disaster. But yes, you're <laughs> right. <laughs> it. It really has come a long way as far as the drones are concerned, even at – and we'll talk a little bit about Air Venture too, uh, as far as the drones and, and what's been happening over there. And I'm sure you can tell us a little bit about uh, what you saw on the ground there. But I do want to plug this app because I think it's a cool app for the hobbyist and uh, the 107 flyer. Anybody who's a you know, the commercial flyer too, it would be neat to just take, take a look at it and see what the, the person that is the hobbyist, what they're going to be using, what app they're going to be using because I think it's a, a pretty slick app. Slick app, but uh, I will say one thing: it was a little clunky, and I tried to move it around and start looking at different airspace, like close to me, you know, Orlando and Bartow, et cetera, and uh, found that it really was. Uh, you know, I had tried to center my position again. It it wasn't quite as intuitive as say most apps where you just hit a button and it centers your position. You have to do a search and hit center. That's about it. Might it. work better if it's hooked up to a drone for you. Yeah, I had yeah. <laughs> He's tempting me to buy we one. You have yeah. to get you a drone. Yeah. <laughs> I just got an airplane. I don't want to get a drone right now. <laughs> one thing at a time. And uh, and for those of you who've been kind of following me on the whole airplane thing, uh, not to get too far off, it's in the shop right now. I had, had some issues with it. But uh, what's interesting is, again, this is my first foray into me just managing an airplane. And uh, I will say, and there's a lot of people are going to be sitting there like, wah, wah, wah. You know, I'm realizing it's a little tougher than I thought. It was kind of cool when I had a, a group of people helping me with maintenance, and now that I'm actually the person that's in charge of maintenance, it's uh, it's a lot more work than I, I do appreciate those folks that were all the, the maintenance uh, folks at the different clubs I've been in, and uh, I'm actually in the process of trying to push it off onto somebody else. Uh, but these are these are the you know the trials and tribulations of ownership. Uh, maintenance when an airplane goes down, uh, you don't have an airplane to fly. It's not like being in a club or a school, et cetera. You can't go out and rent another one. But now I, you know what though? I do get it. Why I went out and flew another airplane and now I understand why people that own airplanes fly other airplanes because they have to, their planes in maintenance. So uh-huh. I pre- I appreciate that much more now. That's for sure. Now entering cruise flight. Anyway, let's move on to, uh, anyway, before you fly, uh, the link will be in the show notes. Let's move on to uh, our cruise flight and talk about Air Venture and uh, Air Venture memories from near and far. Um, but it's really, what I think is really cool is the fact that we've come so far with technology, with YouTube, uh, with live streaming, uh, live ATC, uh, all these different ways that you can actually listen in to Air Venture. You can really experience a lot of it uh, from afar, and that's what I did. I mean, I really – actually, this year, you know, you know what I did mainly was Instagram. I tried to follow as many folks as I could on Instagram. Uh, that's something kind of – it's kind of new to me as far as trying to follow. Uh, I, I like it a lot. I like the pictures, et cetera. But I kind of – I start feeling like I wanted a little bit more uh, and a little bit more – uh, interaction and stuff like that. So I, I didn't. I tried as hard as I can just to stay there and look at that. But uh, but I'm wondering, you know, as far as folks that weren't there, like Rick and and I know Russ, you actually weren't there. Just my, myself, Rick. Did you get to see anything on the internet? Did you watch at all? Uh, I, you Oshkosh know, I, from afar. I have. You know, I sort of literally watched. Uh, in in years past, I, I did not watch, and by watch I mean there are there are live cams. I, I think there's um, a lot of there's stuff that's streamed, um, and I remember doing that, and I think that must still exist. But I I didn't devote the time to that. But but I did do what you were describing, mostly with um, with Twitter and Instagram, which is um, 
I follow enough people that were there that my stream, you know, my feed in both of those was pretty full of uh, the daily events. So I was, you know, I, I would say I was aware of, of, a, of a wider sense of what was happening uh, within certain times of, of certain days. Um, not a lot of specifics so that it wasn't about this particular announcement or this event. But, um, but you know, Heavy, heavy rains certainly are were well covered by people and uh which slowed down the you know the arrivals and and all that and so i followed it that way and and there were a lot of people making their way around the grounds and i got to see a lot of you know flyover video and stuff like that so yeah so it's a general kind of sense of what it was like every day and it's see, interesting you said that you know because I, I really wanted to get the impression of the folks that were watching it from afar and yeah, that's uh, like, I would I also, the same impression that must yeah. be also I would say just thinking it just occurred to me and these the guys who were there can comment on this seemed like connectivity was pretty good um, no it, I didn't see a lot of people complaining and I saw a lot of of content coming out so you know I know that it can be hit or miss probably but but it felt like it was probably pretty good because I certainly saw a lot of stuff yeah, that's for sure. And it's funny your impression though from from the people's uh, posts, etc. There actually was the rain issue, and that was that was the one thing that stood out. My, interestingly, how that's what stood out in my mind too for some reason. Uh, so uh, it, it's uh, yeah. even though there were so many other cool things. Well, it was a concentrated event, right? Everyone was affected in in that moment by it, so everything showed that once it once it became routine, the, you know, the show, then everybody scatters and does what they do, and you see um, somebody visiting a, you know, a certain vendor or trying out a plane or watching a, watching an air show or, you know, or picking up their t-shirt of the day. I don't know if you <laughs> noticed that, but, um, you know, it was all, it was all fun. So, so yeah, that's probably why there was a concentration of the rain impact stuff and then it, uh, and then it spread out. Yeah. And you know what I thought was cool too, is I felt like I was part of some of the vendors, uh, like chart it all is one of the folks that I follow. And I thought it was cool when they talked about selling out of a certain product, I was like, Oh good. You know, great for you guys, that kind of thing. So I was kind of cheering people on as far as vendors were concerned. So I thought that was kind of a neat way to look at, uh, air venture. Yeah. Uh, I would say and, it's funny. I, I'll be interested to hear from the, the guys who were there about specific things. They, noticed or, or saw or want to talk about because nothing sticks other than the overall impression for me you know just from a distance right. there there was no big thing other than i know what oshkosh is like i've i have been there once but only once and uh so anyway but but yeah so i would say my perspective was that uh it felt like a, a good show everyone had fun uh the weather mostly was great and um you know it was oshkosh so, Russ, I'm wondering, you know, how about you? What was your uh, perception from far? Well, it looked like a great time. I just like Rick was saying, I mean, a lot of my living vicariously was through social media, of course. Um, you know, the Facebook groups I'm on and everybody's posting about where they are and and how they're having a great time, except for when they're, you know, walking around in the, the puddles of water the first couple of days and that kind of thing. But uh, the, I, I did enjoy the the cameras they always have, uh, you know, the, the live streaming cameras up there at Oshkosh. The only problem with those is I always want to steer it somewhere where it's not pointing at the time. You know, they just need to give me control of that camera, and I think I'd be happy. But, but uh, other than that, yeah, it looked like a, a great time. I had some friends up there, a couple of people from work as well, and uh, – Actually, one guy went up a couple of days early because of the projected weather. He got in. He said, "Beautiful, clear, no problem, VFR the whole way, and and no worries." And then, of course, the rain came the next day. So, but looked like a great time. Yeah, I did miss it this year. I've gone the last three or four years, uh, but things just didn't work out this year, and uh, hope to be there next year. So yeah, it looks like we've all kind of had that uh, same perception through our friends' eyes at Oshkosh. But we have some friends here today that actually were at Oshkosh, and uh, of course that is Larry and also Bill English. And uh, Larry, uh, I know one thing: you you were one busy dude there. I mean, you were just out there working your butt off. What what was it that you were involved with in at uh, Oshkosh? And I think you also camped, didn't you? Yeah, so the first things that uh, Mary Beth and I are involved with at Oshkosh are setting up for our camp, uh, Camp Bacon. Um, you may have you know, heard us talk about it on, on different episodes, um, but there are a group of us who camp together. Uh, this year, I think we had 21 or 22 
um, camping credentials, but you know, some of those were tents with two or three people in them or RVs like ours with two of us in it. So I think we had close to 50 people. Um, and so we get there about a week and a half before the show opens, stake out our area, um, and then, uh, make sure that everybody gets in. Okay. And so that, you know, working my tail off, uh, was partly to do with the weather. Uh, we had, you know, some pretty heavy storms that came through, um, several inches of, of rain at a time um, before the show. And that made both the showgrounds, uh, aircraft parking, as well as the campground just completely impassable. And at, at one point, they just shut down the entire airport to any new arrivals, uh, both from the air or from the ground. And so we had arrivals who were supposed to come in on you know Saturday or Sunday that didn't get there until Tuesday or Wednesday because they were stuck in a parking lot across town. Um, so that was you know that whole mud and standing water. There were some people who you know kind of made the best of it and got some uh, blow up pink uh, pool flamingos and had them swimming around in a couple of the standing water puddles uh, out where there should have been <laughs> aircraft parked. Um, but the good news is that you know come. You know, Sunday and and then into Monday in the beginning of the week, we really had some great weather. It was sunny. There were nice breezes, and it did it. You know, as as best you can to um, you know kind of dry out that sort of a big mud puddle. Um, it really dried out fairly quickly. We got you know the remainder of our our folks in um, to camp, and I know they had opened the uh, airfield for. Um, aircraft to come in first only aircraft that had tundra tires and then you know other aircraft tail draggers and finally you know uh, kind of they opened it up to everything else um, but it really was a challenge to get everybody in um, some of the other things though that i did uh, during the course of the week um, this year was the first year that i've ever actually volunteered uh, for eaa you know i volunteer at sun and fun every year um, but this year was the first year that somebody asked me to volunteer at eaa and i i thought sure i could do that and so um, i ended up volunteering at the pilot proficiency center and i know many of our listeners have been there i've met some of them there um, but this is an area that uh, you goes back its roots go back to um, the the IMC club uh, that you may be familiar with that got merged in with EAA. Um, and so there's IMC clubs, now there's VMC clubs. And then for the last several years, there's this uh, pilot proficiency center where Redbird uh, brings the Sims, Jeppesen brings the um, uh, approach plates and, and charts and so forth. Um, there are other vendors uh, participating uh, in bringing, you know, either financially or uh, equipment-wise or whatever, bringing, you know, whatever whatever they're able to, um, to pull this whole thing off. And um, one of the things that I was really, you know, kind of excited about is that this year uh, there were some changes that uh, Radic from EAA, who leads it, uh, is really uh, excited about and, and pushing real hard. And that is the idea of uh, Proficiency 365, meaning... Uh, flight proficiency shouldn't be something that we, you know, work on every two years at a flight review or maybe once every summer when we go up to, you know, Oshkosh and shoot a few sim approaches uh, with the help of a double eye. But it really should be an attitude and um, something that we're striving for throughout the year. And so EAA is putting a lot of uh, effort behind this. And um, in addition to the IMC clubs and VMC clubs, which, you know, we can talk about if you want to, but they meet throughout the country. Um, they also are putting together things like uh, webinars, uh, a virtual flight academy, where um, if you're a brand new pilot, maybe even a young eagle who's you know looking forward to getting that first ride, um, you can uh, use the virtual flight, flight academy software on top of FSX. And um, it walks you through a bunch of different scenarios that are free for EAA members. Um, and it's things like, you know, your first landing. So it's, it starts you off um, ready to, uh, you know, maybe on final approach. And then the instructor's voice comes over the speakers and actually talks you through the maneuver, says your controls and lets you start working on it, but then coaches you speeds a little high, pull, pull back a little bit to flare, you know, whatever. And, based on your actual performance is talking you through these maneuvers. Um, and I, I was uh, at the pilot proficiency center the whole, well, most of the week anyway, five days. And, um, 
talking to, you know, like one gentleman said, yeah, they use, they use this with all their young Eagle flights so that the kids, instead of just waiting around or throwing paper airplanes before their turn to get in an airplane, they're actually sitting down at a, a couple of sims and going through a couple different scenarios. So when they sit down in the aircraft with their young Eagles pilot, they, um, you know, they actually know something about what's going on from having gone through that experience. Um, and then one other thing I'll mention, and then I'll shut up for a minute here, is uh, that's new, is the EAA, um, what's called the Skill Score Tracker, Skill Score Tracker. Um, and this is a um, metric that you can sign up and, and work on that gives you a score from 1 to 100 on where your proficiency is at this point in time. And it's really interesting how they come up with that. There's some information that you have to give it. Um, you know, how many flights have you had in the last 90 days uh, with a CFI? Um, how many, um, uh, uh, you know, hours do you have? What type of aircraft are you flying? That kind of thing. But then also um, it uh, connects to your Cloud Ahoy account if you have one of those and that's a, a flight tracker and, and post flight review software system if you haven't seen it you can go check it out I think it's cloudahoy.com or something like that um, but it records your flight like any GPS recorder might but then also analyzes it based on the performance of your aircraft and it might say hey here's a spot you're making a turn where you got a little bit too too slow uh, in the pattern or here's a spot where you were too fast on final or a little too high or, or whatever. Um, and it does that to give you feedback on, on each of your flights. So it can so this uh, skill score tracker can take information from Cloud Ahoy and combine it with information that you provide to give you a sense of, is my proficiency generally getting better? Or maybe have I plateaued somewhere that I need to work on? So a good year. Um, but uh, and, and a lot of new things under that banner of uh, proficiency. And I think that's really exciting that they're using all the, the internet and all these diff different ways to actually bring people together. I mean, it becomes very inclusive uh, of everybody out there in aviation realizing, hey, you're not alone. You know, there's somebody out there that can help you. There's some way to track that. There's some way to actually have fun uh, in learning. And uh, I think this is a this project is incredible. The, the you know the proficiency 365s just was terrific seeing that rolled out. Um, and I also you know hats off to you for volunteering by the way way because uh, that that is a lot of work being out there at the pilot proficiency center i'm sure you learned a lot though just, I, just. I did and, <laughs> and if you're going to volunteer you know just uh, a pro tips here if you haven't volunteered before at either sun and fun or or eaa or whatever um if if you can get a gig where they give you air conditioning and a chair <laughs> <laughs> that's not the top on the list air conditioning and, and uh and i'm telling air. you it's way better than standing outside flagging traffic around you know yeah it's uh it, it's true though i mean i tell you when you're on your feet all day it can it can wear you out i know in the past i've done booths where i had to stand all day long and man that that can and as i get older it's a little tougher that's for sure i'm gonna need one of those scooters <laughs> soon uh, but uh as a matter of fact uh one of the things that i think is is really cool is that you just t touched on one thing at at Oshkosh, there are so many really cool things that were rolled out uh, during the whole uh, experience and uh, many things that we won't even be able to mention. We could sit here for hours and hours, but what you really need to do is someday go out and actually experience it. And that's one thing I was kind of wondering, maybe you could give us a sense and, and also Bill as far as the scale that we're talking about with Oshkosh. If you're going there trying to see everything, is there the possibility of doing that or is that too much to ask? Maybe Larry. I've, sure, I'll, I'll start out and then Bill jump in. I've uh, I would just realize this is the 40th anniversary this year of my first trip to Oshkosh, and I haven't been there every year in between, but I've been there most years in between, and I'm pretty sure I still haven't seen it all. Wow. Um, so there's just no way to uh, take it all in in a year or even two or five. You know, there, there are going to be areas that you're more drawn to. Some people, it might be warbirds. Others, it might be, you know, home built or vintage or whatever. And you'll kind of maybe get to know that area really well. But as far as the entire thing, it is just so large. Um, I think this year, um, that some of the early numbers that I that I heard, I don't know if they'll be final or not, but you know we're we're talking somewhere in the neighborhood of six hundred thousand people, and uh, you know somewhere in the range of ten to twelve thousand aircraft um, over the course of the week, um, and it's just you know mind-boggling when you see 
you know, you could just walk and walk and walk for miles. I know one of our one of our uh, friends of the podcast and and from outside the podcast, Ken Mist, said he put on a quarter million steps uh, this year during the show. Oh. Um, and so, uh, you know, he was, he was running around, uh, all over the place and, and still, you know, undoubtedly didn't cover the whole thing. Wow. So before I, I, I get to bill about his experience, as far as I noticed, you said 40 years. Wow. That, that's incredible. Have you seen things? Uh, I, I know you've seen things changed, but, uh, but what have you seen that, that hasn't changed? Is there, is it still certain things that just won't, will always be Oshkosh? You know, one thing that I that I believe goes all the way back to my first year, if not my first few years, um, that will be changing is this year was Julie Clark's last performance at Oshkosh. And I remember her performing from, you know, way back as a kid. Um, and now to see, you know, her last performance at Oshkosh this year, that was really something because she's been there, you know, I, I'm pretty sure pretty much every year, you know, all, all the way through all of that. Uh, so I certainly wish her well as she, you know, moves on to other, other uh, flying activities, but outside of the performing, um, uh, you know, an aerobatics world, um, there are always, you know, just a, a uh, wonderful collection of aircraft. You know, this year there was everything from, uh, you know, World War II, you know, aircraft that you see every year. There were a lot of DC-3s and C-47s in formation flying just kind of during the day as well as in the air shows. Um, the twin Mustang was there. Um, uh, one of the um, heritage performances was a couple of Mustangs F- and an F-22 and an F-35. So that was pretty neat to see. Um UPS just took delivery of a, I believe it was a 747-800 cargo uh, configured aircraft. Um, and that was there that you could walk through. There was a C5 Galaxy that you could walk through. Um, and these are all, you know, representing things that I've seen, you know, kind of every year, even though some of them are brand new, you know, that 747. Um but just the quality of the collection of aircraft spanning the, you know, just all the way, you know, the, the vintage area goes back into the 20s um, and, you know, going forward until, you know, the very most modern, you know, military aircraft and home-built aircraft that, we, that are out there. Um, and so I think that collection of uh, aircraft to go see is, is something that, you know, it's always changing, but it's sort of always the same. Um, and then of course, uh, you know, it's, it's almost cliche to say, but, um, the, the people that you get to go and see. So, you know, every year, uh, I go back and I see, you know, my Oshkosh friends and, you know, they're people that we talk online all the time, but, uh, maybe we, you know, only get to see each other once every year or sometimes even once every few years. And so those, uh, times to be able to, you know, get back together and catch up and reminisce a little bit and, you know, share airplane lies. I mean, airplane stories. Um, <laughs> you know, they're all. It's all. It's all good. And you know, like I say, it's fresh every year. But it's also uh, a staple of something that I look forward to each year. So you still have the air show family reunion, uh, as many people do, and I think that's terrific. Uh, it's that that is something. Sometimes you don't get to see certain of your air show uh, relatives, as I call them, uh, maybe once or every couple of years, and sometimes you see them all the time. And there's uh, they're always there, even the ones that you don't want to see, they're there. <laughs> but, that, but, but I'm just kidding. But I'm just kidding. It's just wonderful. I know one I want to see that's never there. Oh but, gosh, you know. yeah, I know. And and one of these days I am going to get there i think i'm definitely going to try again next year to put on the list as long as there's no disasters in my life this time but uh, i think that will happen where uh, i'm getting to the point where i'm senior enough where i work that i could probably get the time off again um but uh but that's really cool i love the fact that you talked about the people i wonder you know bill english was there and uh, and bill i i noticed you i think you actually got to wander around a little bit more uh, than staying put in one place and so what was your uh perception of Oshkosh from the viewpoint of somebody who actually got to to walk around and and what exactly did you do did you volunteer were you more someone that was a visitor well um you you know what's going to happen carl of course next year you'll you'll get there and none of us will be able to come (laughs) Uh, that's that's okay at least i'll make it (laughs) i I want you all to be there i got lucky i missed the rain uh you know i heard all about it i got in sunday afternoon um 
uh, so a lot of when I was there, so I was there Sunday to Thursday. Uh, so probably two, maybe a third of my time was day job stuff. So uh, I didn't get a chance to run around as much as I wanted to, because I had to pay the bills. But um, and this is probably the seventh time I've been to Oshkosh, and I you know, like Larry says, it's the same but it's different. And if you were a first time visitor and you spent the whole week. It's different on Monday than it is on Friday and Saturday. It changes throughout the week. You know, the, the planes come and go. Events uh, are different on different days. Um, so uh, there were plenty of places this year that I just simply didn't get a chance to get to at all. Um, but uh, I'll definitely say that once those rains finally cleared out on Saturday and the the torrentially flowing creeks finally let up um, probably by Monday or so. That was probably one of the best weather Oshkoshes I'd ever been to. It was really beautiful throughout the week. We really didn't have any, um, you know, during the week kind of storms or, or issues like that at all. Beautiful skies, nice warm temperatures. Um, so that was very nice. Uh, you know, everybody got to fly there. That didn't uh, that didn't tamp anybody down. Um, once the rains finally let up and, and planes could get in, I uh, did get to see. You know, I stopped by at Fond du Lac on Sunday, and that was like a little miniature Oshkosh all of its own because of all the people that had to divert over there from from the rain. So that's a kind of an interesting side trip that people might think about too. There's a lot of activity going on around Oshkosh at Fond du Lac and um, at Appleton. Um, in fact, this was the first time in, I, what did I say, seven times I think I've been to Oshkosh that I made it over to the seaplane base, which was another great um, you know, sort of side trip from Oshkosh. Um, so a lot of the, you know, a lot of vendors, uh, some various new things out um, there. I, I do like to tour the warbirds. There was a lot of great stuff out there. The, uh, the New Zealand de Havilland mosquito was there. I think this is its first uh, tour to the U.S. It's just been... Um, been finished up this past winter time, uh, so that was great. Uh, you know, good time to see all of that and just to see all the changes as the um, the aircraft come in and out in the different areas that you're that you're at, and as the show changes around you. Um, could you do everything in a week? I, I had four days. I had some distractions, and I had a list. Uh, I don't know, five or six pages written down of various things that I wanted to go to and see. Um, one, some of the things you don't see so much when you're looking at online on the on the cameras or whatnot or all the um, other educational programs you know Larry touched on it a bit with the pilot proficiency center but that's not the only place you can go and learn stuff there at Oshkosh it is it was truly amazing with that they I did stop by that at one point Larry I think it was Thursday morning and okay. I'd love to come in there and see you but they were running 90 minute waits that's yeah, to, to yeah. get in there that's how popular that was and uh, NAFI the National Association of Flight Instructors was doing similar activity with their uh, scenario based training in their booth um, and uh, the Redbird folks were doing the same thing over in their booth lots of great pilot proficiency with simulators and um, scenarios and then there's the whole row of the forums and workshops mm -hmm. that go on constantly throughout the day and Unless you clone yourself a couple, three times, you're not going to get to everything that you might be interested in. It's it's amazing how many different educational programs there are for you in there. And you, and you have to do that. You can't walk around all day. You, you'd have blisters on your blisters if you did that. So, you know, you want to take some time and uh, stop in and see some of these great presentations and, uh, and educational. I mean, everything from learning how to, you know, work the fabric on your your plane that you're building up to some of the latest greatest technology uh, is all over there. I mean, it's completely spanning the gamut of anything that you can uh, that you can learn in aviation. It's really incredible. So when you were walking around, you mentioned something about uh, work and going between. We're not going to mention the work part of it, but um, you, you had to kind of switch between the two. And you see these people that are there uh, at Oshkosh that are promoting something their business. You know, I've had to do that. You know, where I had to do my work, put my work cape on, then switch over. Is that kind of what right. you did? You went and jump into a phone booth and turn into the the Bill English. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Have to keep your Superman cape. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, with with that said, I know you're involved very much at work with uh, with drones, say. And uh, one of the things I would like to get from you, as far as your perception, since you are so involved, is you know what what has happened? Has this really evolved into something? Have we matured as far as the drones are concerned? Now it's the same old vendors, and it's it's harder to see new things come along. Are we making incremental changes, or are we still seeing those the exciting moonshots every time we go to Oshkosh when it comes to drones? So, um, so I'd say for drones, it's probably a little of both. Uh, the The technology itself is changing very rapidly, but in in another sense. It's sort of become normalized now. They're not so scary and weird and, and all that. I mean, in the old days, you guys know, 10 years ago, every air show had the RC plane demonstration, a little RC flying area. And, you know, that's really what became drones. And it was no big deal. Then everybody panicked. And now we're back to oh, just another part of aviation now. So most of the unmanned aircraft activity this year at Oshkosh was over in the Aviation Gateway Park, which seems to be a great place for it. You know, that's the area where there's a lot of the up-and-coming technologies and also the um, the schools, right? The, the colleges and the other flight training programs, people who are just getting into aviation, you know, young folks, um, maybe they want to go to the airlines or not, you know, they, or just to get into aviation. And Unmanned and drones in general are a, a great gateway, right? A great way for young folks to get in, get into aviation, get a taste of it at low cost, low barrier to entry. So that seems to be where they've kind of settled down into their niche, and that's that's the the normalization. I, I think every one of the the big colleges, the usual suspects, had a uh, a little drone booth, had something to show off there uh, for their training program, and and there was there were demonstrations um, going on all day long and in a caged area where the guys could uh, could fly drones around. Um, but on the other side of the coin is where uh, unmanned technology is taking us and probably the next big step in what you might say the moonshot, and that's what's called urban air mobility. And that might be a, a term unfamiliar to some folks, but if you, you've probably seen some of this stuff in social media, and it's sometimes termed the flying cars or the, you know, the Uber air taxi type of thing. Um, but using the technology that has come out of unmanned aircraft, starting to move into passenger carrying aircraft. And that is a very exciting new um, cutting edge technology. There was a, a panel in there with some of the, um, the you know, the big players within the FAA, within industry, uh, some major airframe manufacturers that you have heard of that are getting into this space, and some startups as well getting into this high-tech, electric, vertical flight, people-moving technology. And this might just be another uh, another gateway into aviation and another whole segment of aviation that's uh, that's really starting to grow. And that's something that I, I was kind of trying to get some color on as far as the, the electric side is really exciting. Man. I think that's so cool. And uh, obviously, you know, where I work, we have, you know, we're partnering with companies that are, are actually producing some of these electric, uh, you know, aircraft out there. One of the things that I think is neat is you're seeing more and more of them being demonstrated. When we first saw those at uh, Oshkosh, it was kind of cool. But what did, did you get a chance to actually see some of those new electric aircraft or any any of the new technologies that might be associated with them? Uh, yeah, there was a number of the displays that were out there, some that have, have been around a little bit uh, as more like personal air vehicles. And it seems like this is this technology is spanning everything from the, the big makers, the, like I say, the airframe manufacturers that you have heard of, you know, brand A and brand B, et cetera, that are making some uh, prototypes that are starting to get into this uh, technology now. And uh, some that are, you know, new startups that might be looking to get into the things like the, the Uber type of uh, activity or be personal vehicles. There are some that are out there that are trying to get into that part 103 ultralight space, but they are um, electric, multi-rotor vertical takeoff aircraft that meet all the requirements to be a part 103 ultralight right wow you know it's one of the things that i i would love to <laughs> buy myself one day so who knows maybe that and that was one of the reasons i wanted to go this year is really start that research down that that path and it is just just quite exciting that's for sure um but one of the things i also think is really important is that the these places like 
air venture uh like sun and fun and all the different air shows it it actually causes us to dream you know and i think that's important somebody sees something at one of the shows and you hear this so often they said hey wait a minute i think i could do that i think i can make that i uh you know i i know this this can i can change something and and uh this is basically uh, what i'm going to do based on something that inspired me at oshkosh and uh and you see it in different products and and you never know what the next thing is going to be whether it's a in electric uh, aircraft or in the next app for the for the iphone uh but that's some really cool stuff and uh but you know one of the things i speaking of apps for the iphone i just realized you know larry uh, was able to actually. We didn't do any interviews this year, but uh, I did find out that Larry actually had a had a phone uh, recording device with him, and I think he used his phone or whatever, and got an interview. Larry, what uh, you were actually interviewed somebody from uh, SkyCred, didn't you? Yeah, um, uh, Adam Rivera from SkyCred uh, had a chance to sit down with him for a few minutes and tell me just a little bit about their new app called SkyCred. Um, it's available for iOS and um, Android phones both, and they're adding features to it and really trying to build up the user base of it. Um, I signed up during Oshkosh and uh, instantly saw friends that I knew, you know, so other people are signing up too. Um, and it, you know, it, it's an app that helps you find other pilots, you know, that are maybe near you that want to be found by virtue of the fact that they signed up for the app and turned on location services for it, um, which you have to do actively. You know, it doesn't stalk you in the background. Um, but then, you know, especially at an, an event like an air show or a local fly-in or whatever, you can um, find other pilots who are maybe sharing similar interests to you. So, you know, if, if I'm, um, uh, you know, instrument rated, tailwheel endorsed or whatever, I can put all that kind of th- stuff in there i can put the kinds of aircraft i fly in there and then make that available for people to see um the latest feature that they just add uh, added and it actually didn't drop until after the interview um was um for either private or public meetups uh so he talks uh a little bit about some of the other features you can hit the website and see a little bit about that but you can set up either a private or public uh, aviation meetup if it's public um other people on the platform can see it if you want to invite people to a meetup who don't have uh sky cred you know you can have it send them an invitation and, and get them in that way so i, th- I think it's an interesting uh, app that uh really could be a lot of fun um and i'm looking forward to playing around with it you know in the coming months well, Larry, why don't we uh, let them describe it uh, in your interview? So let's let's go to that interview real quickly. It's just a couple of minutes, but uh, it really is exciting, and I'm I'm really happy uh, for these folks. But let's go to the interview real quick. Good morning. This is Larry Overstreet live uh, from Oshkosh Air Venture 2019, uh, and I'm sitting here with Adam Rivera, who's founder of SkyCred, uh, which is a social and uh, networking application for pilots that just got launched uh, right before Oshkosh this year. Uh, Adam, wel- welcome to uh, our show. Thanks, Larry. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about SkyCred. What uh, what is it? Who might want to use it? Yeah, so uh, I recently got my private pilot's license and realized that it was really difficult to find local pilots to meet up and fly with and just kind of, uh, you know, keep me honest and make sure that I was flying often so I could stay sharp. Um, so, you know, we decided, me and uh, the co-founder, Brian, uh, decided to create this uh, new networking app for aviators where you can build out your aviation profile. Uh, you can build a virtual hangar, and then really the whole point of the app is just about connecting pilots to each other. So um, you can share your story on there. Um, it's kind of almost like a blend of Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, but so far, it's been doing pretty well at Oshkosh, so we're pretty excited. Uh, your membership is growing too, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, I actually have a little alert set up, so every time somebody joins, I can do a little dance. But uh, it's been going pretty well so <laughs> far, and we've got some uh, good content being generated here at EAA. Good deal, good deal. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of stuff going on, and not just out at the air show itself, but back at Camp Scholler or in some of the areas like Vintage or Warbirds, where um, you've got groups of people getting together and and hopefully uh, sharing SkyCred around. Yeah, absolutely. And I think something that's been uh, really helpful is uh, we have this feature where you actually just turn on your location. It'll show you nearby pilots, and you can see. Um, you know, what makes them unique as a pilot? Because I think what people outside of aviation maybe don't realize is that me 
being a pilot, there's so much to it. You've got endorsements, you've got ratings, you have different certificates. Um, so when you build your profile, that gets uh, gives other people the opportunity to kind of see exactly what your nearby aviators are about. So you can that you can choose who you want to connect with, so that you can discuss things that are interesting to you. Cool, cool. What do you want to uh, see happen in SkyCred maybe over the next year as it develops? Yeah, I mean, so for us, you know, and with any kind of social uh, or networking application, getting critical mass and getting users uh, is super important, right? Because if you log in and, and nobody's using it, it's less interesting. Um, so what we're really focused on is just getting the word out. You know, we're, it's completely free, so and always will be. Will be. Um, so we want uh, folks to check it out and hopefully spread the word so that we can grow our user base. But that's kind of the number one goal. Um, and then, you know, we're very open to feedback. So we love to hear from pilots. We already have. Um, we're working on some features that folks have suggested. Um, so yeah, we're just hoping to connect with the community and, and hopefully grow our user base. Very good. So I'm on an iOS phone. I can get it for iOS. Is it available on any other platform? Yep. So we have iOS, we have Android, and uh, we do actually have a web version as well uh, that you can access from a browser. But really, it's it's uh, meant to be a mobile experience. So uh, you can get it on uh, both Android and iOS. Perfect. Perfect. Um, well, uh, thank you, uh, Adam, for hanging out with me here a little bit and talking about SkyCred. Um, you can download the app, folks. Uh, I, I just downloaded it myself and signed up, so hit me up and uh, uh, let's be pilot friends. For Stuck Mike Advocast, this is Larry Overstreet, uh, again live at Oshkosh Air Venture 2019. Well, Larry, uh, that was a cool interview. And by the way, that just like you said uh, before the interview, there's so many things that they're they're coming out with in this app and they're updating, as he said in, in that interview, and uh, some things that are new even that we announced today in this uh, on the podcast, what's cool is the fact that it really is is kind of slick looking, and I just was signing up uh, right before this, so uh, we'll actually have links right. to that. That SkyCred, uh, SkyCred.io is by the way is the the website there. So, um, Larry, that was cool. I mean, I, I really appreciate your doing that, and uh, maybe next time we'll uh, we'll go ahead and uh, and get some more interviews when I actually show up. Now we'll have to at, be flying friends. Good. <laughs> so did you actually uh, i didn't ask you this did you fly in or did you uh you, you took the motorhome right I, I flew my rv in um yeah, okay. not not the vans kind of rv but the camper kind of rv um and flew in at uh, zero agl but uh yeah we got there about a about a week and a half before the show started and you know claimed our campground space for our for our uh, group oh very cool well, i have it, flown in before uh, yeah um, i was gonna say you've done quite this. a while back yep yep <laughs> And they really have, you know, they've really got down to a science, too, and they've done a great job with uh, with the fly-in. And they're always progressing forward, and I, I'm really excited about next year's and uh, 2020. I'm all, I was also excited to see many other social media uh, folks out there, uh, the, the YouTubers and everything, and also a lot of the other podcasters that were out there, and it was wonderful to listen to, to some of the, their live events at the show. We obviously uh, were, were here, and it would have been cool to have uh, a live on on premises, and we're going to try to get that to you next year. Um, but one of the things that I really want to plug, though, and I know we talk a lot about Sun and Fun Radio, but I really I want to give some airtime, and hopefully they won't uh, kick me out of Sun and Fun Radio for doing this. But one of the things that I think is really nice and has come along uh, quite a ways in the past few years is EAA Radio. EAA, EAA Radio.net is where you can find uh, all those interviews that they do throughout the year, kind of like Sun and Fun Radio that we talk about a lot. And they have more. They have all this media out there. And if you look at uh, AirVenture under the EA.org AirVenture, you can actually see a lot of those, the multimedia. You can listen to it right now, uh, EAA Radio. Just go to EAARadio.net, and they'll actually hit hit you know, listen live, and you'll actually get to hear some of the, the streaming uh, interviews from past year. So it's really cool for someone like me. We're talking about watching it from afar, listening from afar. It allows me to, to listen to those interviews, feel like I'm there, but it also... And this is something I kind of get the feeling from a lot of the folks that have been there and those that have watched from afar is that we've learned something. And I always learn something from those interviews, whether it's a personal uh, situation or it's something in our history or it's a product or a service. I am always learning something from listening to those. So I actually do. I, I plug in and I listen. Uh, just I'll try to as much as I can when I'm like driving to work and stuff like that, just actually listen to a lot. So real uh, great shout out to EAA Radio uh, 
and what they've done over the years. Uh, who knows? Maybe uh, one of these years we'll we'll volunteer there and uh, do some more work with the radio station. Maybe that's what I'll do, Larry. That'll that'll be my chair in air conditioning, right? EAA Radio. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> but, uh, well, guys, thanks so much for your impressions of, of Oshkosh and AirVenture. I know uh, it was one of those events that we could spend days just talking about. I kind of want to get that feel of, of, of what Oshkosh and AirVenture is like. And one of the things I think that we all talk about is the people that we get to see in our airshow family and uh, those folks that we see one year, next year, next five years, et cetera, and they keep coming back. One thing that I really love is the fact that the Internet has made the world so small, um, but we still need to press the flesh, as they say, and get out there and reach out and touch our, our aviation friends. And that's what these air shows do for us. And I can't wait uh, till the next one comes up. No matter what it is, wherever it is, in the country or in the world, there's something going on. It may not be as big as an AirVenture Oshkosh, but uh, but they are, and they can be, just as inspirational and informational, that's for sure. Our Picks of the Week. Well, guys, this has been great. Let's go ahead and uh, on to our after landing checklist and, and move into our Picks of the Week. Let's see. I'm going to start with Rick. Rick Felty with your Pick of the Week. Yeah, um, this just uh, coincidentally is something I came across just this week or during Oshkosh and, and thought, uh, hey, this this is a great Oshkosh thing for uh, for tech people with uh, gadgets um, trying to navigate a uh, situation where they need to be recharging stuff. Um, and it is called a wireless lit solar power bank. It's basically a portable battery, but there's some interesting features um, for it. And I, I should say, um, I don't have any stock in in their company, and I also don't uh, have not purchased it myself. But I've heard some great reviews about this, um, and I have a power brick. It's it's um, about sixteen thousand milliamps, um, and it's been great. I've had it for years, and it's still doing well. This is a twenty thousand milliamp uh, lithium ion battery, um, which you know the word, thought is it could fully charge you know a phone from from dead uh, four times. Um, uh, but anyway, so. It's great for charging phones, uh, pads, and uh, even now, you know, some of the computers are working off bricks. Uh, so this will do it. Perfect for events like Oshkosh. But um, what's interesting about this is a couple of things. It simply, you know, basic stuff. It has three USB cable outs. So you can simultaneously charge uh, three uh, devices. Um, there, it has a really bright LED lamp, which, you know, if you're camping, um, uh, you you know would come in handy and that's powered off its battery but the two the couple of the top features the two of them are that this is a wireless charger so it's a brick but one surface on it is a contact charger for a phone that can do that so you can just set your phone down on it and it will charge it so you have the three usbs plus it's a contact brick charger and on the other side is uh, our solar panels which will charge the battery in the device so you actually don't even need to plug it in to charge it up, the, the, you know they um, say it can charge up in about an hour f- using solar. That would have to be, I think, pretty good sun, and uh, uh, and it probably isn't quite that fast, but uh, it is an option as well as plugging into the wall to charge it up. Um, and the other thing that is true, and I just tested it tonight, so as we record this, um, we'll have a link to their site. But there is a there's a sale on their site for this device at forty percent off, and they have a they have a code there on the site. But there's still a code that I had heard about a week ago that's still valid for fifty percent off, which is save fifty s a v e fifty, and uh, it's right now it's listing for basically ninety bucks. It would go down to forty five bucks. So. Uh, you know, I, I get nothing out of it. It's not my product, but it, it, I love the technology in it, and I think it's uh, it's a probably pretty cool thing to have uh, in your in your bag when you're moving around Oshkosh. So it's yes. a wireless lit solar power bank. Tell you what, that is a great option for those of us that uh, run out of uh, power, especially I do when I'm doing uh, video or I'm actually taking photos, and this yeah. is something I can pull out of my bag and charge up. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. sort of that anxiety of where am I going to find a charger? Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore. So yeah, you cool. know I am so going to buy this thing. Yeah. Rick, you always, you always just pick stuff that I buy right after the show. <laughs> Sorry this about is, that. <laughs> well, you know, at least it's not. Ahead. At least it's on sale, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm going <laughs> to use that code. Well, thanks a lot. Yeah, I appreciate okay. that, Rick. That was awesome. Uh, Bill, hey Bill, what is your pick of the week? Well, my pick of the week, unfortunately, is not sticking with our Oshkosh theme, but. Uh, 
but it's a great least, i like your theme it's a great theme. well it's a different theme <laughs> yeah. uh, you were, well we had the 50th anniversary what of oshkosh at oshkosh and the 50th anniversary of the moon landing so the week prior to that it was like crazy heat wave over here and i was stuck inside the house and all that and i never really was all that much into space and everything but i started watching this streaming or uh, you know or on cable um it was produced by BBC America, or at least put together by BBC America, uh, Moon Landing Live, put together a lot of the old archived news footage and uh, mission control footage from the moon landing in 1969, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, and it was just fascinating. So I've got a link up there. You can go to BBC America, stream it, download it, whatever you, you do. And uh, if you're old enough to remember the moon landings and and the Apollo missions, it'll bring back great memories. And if not, I think it'll really open your eyes to a really fascinating uh, time in history. And you know, full disclosure, I'm barely old enough to remember, <laughs> just barely. <laughs> you know, I, I, let me jump in and say that I definitely am old enough to just barely as well. You know, and uh, watched it with my dad, kind of thing. And there is also that is great stuff. And there is also, uh, and it may be many much of the same material, maybe packaged in a different way. But the theatrical release that's now on streaming called Apollo Eleven um, is a great documentary. You've you know it's really well done because it's seventy millimeter film that NASA shot because they had to shoot film back then. So it's all film mixed with some of the audio, you know, all the uh, sort of uh, Capcom communication stuff, um, and they went and found the Capcom clip that was audio only over here and married it up to the 70 millimeter film of that same moment over here and all, and did that for for the whole thing and the whole thing is there's no narration so similar it may very well be some of the similar stuff that the BBC is screaming as well but yeah. I like that that's an amazing piece because you can watch it and it's real and no one's talking to you it's as it happened kind of thing so yeah. Yeah. it's pretty amazing what those guys did all those really guys is. men and women of that era you know it, it, it was an amazing time. Yeah. And uh, I think that I'm going to go back and watch it because I don't remember it. I was too young to actually uh, remember, although I did watch it, full disclosure. I was propped up in front of it. So my parents were smart enough to say, hey, we can say that you actually watched the moon landing. Uh, but I was a little too young to remember. But it is such a – I tell you what, I watched part of that series – absolutely inspirational uh and again we're we're hopefully going to go back to that era again i think we're we are we are definitely doing that with everything that we've seen even in oshkosh so thanks so much for that one bill that was awesome very inspirational and uh larry what is your pick of the week yeah my pick of the week i think i'm going to stay on this proficiency theme um and give the eaa website for the proficiency 365 uh, initiative which you can get to by just going to eaa.org slash proficiency that will redirect you to a longer link but that's kind of the easy way to to get there and there's a ton of information there a lot of free items for eaa um, uh, members and so take a look and see what you think Awesome. Thanks so much. And again, thanks for volunteering, Larry, for that. I think that was terrific that you did that. Uh, it's all, you know, it's the volunteers that really put these uh, big events together, uh, and they never could do it without them. So uh, hats off to you guys, uh, all the volunteers, Larry included. Uh, let's see. I'm going to do my pick of the week next, and then we'll finish up with Russ. My pick of the week is actually uh, on my other, uh, the sister podcast, aviationcareerspodcast.com, and it's uh, the Pay It Forward link. And the reason I bring it up is that people have been asking me, you know, how they could pay it forward to somebody else that helped them with their flying life and maybe get another rating or something like that. Our scholarships guide that we have out there, uh, the Aerospace Scholarships Guide, is available to people that want to add ratings. It's not just for people that are looking to get into it as a career. And that's one of the things we've really been focusing on for the past uh, year or two. And we're adding so many new scholarships. I have a new person that's working on it, sometimes 30, 40 scholarships uh, in, in just one month. And we're well over $50 million in scholarships there. But one thing that you can do is you can pay it forward by purchasing a scholarships guide for somebody else. And if you go on there and you buy the scholarships guide and pay it forward, just you send us an email. It, there's directions there and tell us who you want us to pay it forward to, and we'll send them a coupon. If you want to do it anonymously, what most people do is that they can go out and purchase a pay it forward coupon so that someone can buy that scholarships guide. And you know what? If you buy five of them, I'll put another one. I'll throw one in for free. So every fifth one, 
we put another scholarships guide out there for free. The other thing I want you to do, check out the video that I put out there. People have asked me how I queued up the airplane to fly overhead uh, at that exact moment. Honestly, it just was luck. It was dumb luck that I actually was able to get the plane flying overhead at that time. But uh, find it at aviationcarespodcast.com slash pay it forward. Help someone get a rating, uh, move forward in their flying life. Life, you know, maybe it's somebody you want to help out, or you just want to help out someone anonymously. It really is changing lives, and it's uh, it's finally gotten to a point where we're really, really proud of that, and we have a great team that's putting that together. Anyway, our last pick of the week is Russ. Russ, what is your pick of the week? Well, you know what, Carl? As anybody who's been listening to this podcast for more than about <laughs> for about an episode or two knows. There we go. Laughed already. It, it it is a book. Now, I don't want our listeners to um, get the wrong impression. I know that many out there probably think that the other co-hosts can't read, but as far as I know, that's not true. Probably, no proof to the contrary. But anyway, so is, is this is this available as an audio book? Um, <laughs> no, it might be a lot are. So <laughs> I didn't look at that. Maybe I should check into that for you though, Larry. Okay. So thanks. <laughs> yeah, you bet. So this book is called danger close. My epic journey as a combat helicopter pilot in Iraq and Afghanistan. And really, I don't think I need to say any more. I bet because the whole thing was in the title, but uh, the whole summary there, but, uh, this is a book written by former warrant officer, Amber Smith, um, about, well, her experience flying the OH 58 D Kiowa helicopter in the army. In, uh, in both the Iraq and Afghanistan theaters there. And w- what I really liked about this book, I mean, it was all about the flying. The, she comes from a, a whole long line of pilots, grandfather, you know, uh, grandparents, parents, her sisters. You know, one's in, one was in the Air Force and one was also in the Army. A whole family of pilots. And, I mean, the book is just all about flying. There's not a whole lot of you know, non-flying stuff in here. So, so that was very appealing. Uh, but, but she takes, she takes us through, uh, the, the training on the helicopter, her first deployment, you know, then she came back stateside, went through some upgrade training, aircraft commander and on another deployment, you know, some maintenance flights and ferry flights and all that kind of stuff in there. So it, it was a very interesting book and it's recent too. I mean, it's just written a few years ago, but it was about her experiences in, uh, I think about 2005 and 2008, which was interesting to me because, I was over in that area of the world at about the same time. So a lot of the uh, base names and such were, uh, you know, were very familiar, but, uh, yeah, so danger close, uh, a, a good book, a good read, uh, lots of interesting stuff in there about, uh, army aviation. And for those of us that are challenged with reading, you can actually get it as an audio book right oh, there good. at okay. Amazon.com. So. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and and mm-hmm. honestly, though, it's it's actually really cool because if you buy it like on places like Amazon, you can actually purchase the book and start listening to it and start reading it online before you actually get it. Uh, and that's just another cool thing about uh, you know technology these days. But yes, you definitely can get it as an audio book, and uh, I highly recommend it. I did uh, look at part of this uh, and started reading it a little bit and uh, maybe I'm going to be inspired to finish it up but uh, it really one of the things that I love is hearing people's stories uh, about their experiences uh, at flying etc overseas and and especially our our troops there and this is really uh, this person uh, she is terrific Amber Smith is a great speaker so it talks a little bit about her uh, speaking life too and you can actually uh, go out to the website and check it out we'll have a link in the show notes to that well, gosh, guys, this has been awesome. The uh, Just being able to hear a little bit about uh, Oshkosh Air Venture and your experiences, both from near and, and afar. And one of the things I really want to do is encourage people to keep listening to the different podcasts and listening to all those people that, I've had, are, that are out there. There's so many aviation podcasts out there where people are putting out content and videos of things that have happened at Oshkosh. I know one thing. I've actually uh, been seeing some videos that were from 2008 that I thought I had seen, but I didn't, and I found something new even there. So the the great thing about this and about all the social media is it's a gift that keeps on giving. Uh, so if you can't make it to Oshkosh this year, next year, whatever, make sure you tune in to this podcast and many others that are out there, and also the, you know, the YouTube channels, etc., just so you can get a 
get a piece of that aviation life. And uh, even while you're at work, uh, driving home, you can always constantly be engaged in the flying life. And, uh, you know, just like us here, we just we love flying and uh, we love learning about flying. We also truly live to fly. So, folks, uh, really appreciate your listening. Can't wait till the next episode. We have some really cool interviews coming up in some of the future episodes with some famous aviators and also some really neat things happening this year. We'll talk to you next episode. Safe flying. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Abcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production. Thank you.